my tip for listeners at home is play a drinking game. Anytime someone says we'll see or who knows, just shotgun a beer and you'll be dead like four minutes into this podcast. So what do you think those groundhoppers are doing with all of their time? I, no, I think for most of them, it's very frustrating, of course. And I'm, I'm in one or two WhatsApp groups, and I, I hope nobody's listening. But, um, so what they Don't do say now that. is like... I hope nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> what they do now is that they post every day, they post matches where they've been to on the exact same day. So, of course, today it was like the 22nd of <laughs> March. So they posted like screenshots or, or photos of the of the matches they've been to like one year ago or two, three, four, five years ago. So now we can learn that Hertha played a zero zero against Bielefeld on the twenty second of March in nineteen ninety six in the Bundesliga. <laughs> I'm really enjoying that in these times of social distancing, you three are taking it to the next level and socially distancing yourself from groundhoppers, which all three of you actually are. And he's saying, yeah, I think they are doing this, this. Oh, by the way, I'm also part of two, not one, two WhatsApp groups for, for, for Groundhoppers. Alex I think like, the well, wisest Alex... thing we could do to grow our listenership is to start a beef with the Groundhopping community. Ben, I know you've tried your artist, but I think I'm on the bandwagon now. I'm ready to start a beef with the Groundhopping community so we can get some angry listeners calling into the show. So, Andy, do some research. Find us, the ringleader of these groundhopping groups, and we'll we'll have a call out <laughs> next episode. This is fully a, a, a Kaiser Sose situation. The ringleader is clearly Alex. Sitting there, it's like bloody hell, bloody hell, mate. I guess we can talk about the impact of quarantine. Tennis Borussia would be devastated if this season got cancelled and the potential promotion was just disappeared like that. You know. But I think uh, they will not do that. I think in the end, everybody will be promoted. If they don't play, of course. If they don't, if they don't play any games anymore, I think everybody will be promoted who is now on a promotion spot. I think. But yeah. Of course, we don't know that. Yeah. We, we don't. It's, it, it's, it's, of course, complete speculation. If you quickly look at like the Premier League, that to me would make sense to promote, uh, to give Liverpool the championship. But someone like Tennis Borussia, who are like, what, three points top, who have still have yeah. to play the team who are second, where there's only one promotion spot, that would just seem tremendously harsh. There are so many points still to play for, you know? Yeah, that, That's for sure, yeah. Even with the Prem, like, you could give Liverpool the championship, but then if you do that, then you also have to say, okay, the three bottom teams go down where it's very tight, you know? So yeah. I, I think even that's sort of hard to do, even though they're the clearest case where like, yeah, they, my God, just give it to them. But it's all going to take a long time to figure out. And I, I think it's going to be way longer than we think before the seasons can even be finished or anyone's playing again. I don't know. I mean, I would hope, I mean, for me, it obviously it would have impact on following seasons, but if so, I mean, for example, in the, in the German, look at like the, the German league structure, well, it might be a bit easier for me because you have this, massive gap in the middle of the season which if we're completely honest isn't actually necessary because the winter break isn't required because of weather because it just doesn't get that cold so if for example you played this season out and it just lasted until like 
the day before the next season was due to start, for example, delayed the start of next season, cut the winter break down by like, or just didn't have a winter break, and then finished that season either on time or whatever, that in the German sense, that could be plausible, you know? Because you do not need a winter break. You just don't. I mean, yeah. I see that for the amateurs for sure. But when we're talking about delaying the Euros or playing the World Cup the following summer, when you have Bundesliga players, even second Bundesliga players playing on national teams, that's a, a year nonstop of, of matches, essentially. And we're talking yeah, but, about the wear but, and tear on legs. But that everyone knows for a fact that that literally already happens. There is no such, I mean, yes, not to that extent. But if you look at the, the top leagues, on, on the in the seasons where you have World Cups, European Championships, it's for me. I find it always astonishing that you have players going basically from a top class league, maybe like what, a couple of weeks break, go to a World Cup, and it's not then after the World Cup they have a break, then flying off to like America and Asia to play in these shitty tournaments just so the clubs can earn hey. a little bit of a bit more money. World Cup you know? is fucking amazing. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I think. The the I I understand that playing a season until it's until it's finished is different from playing, um obviously top class tournaments in in North America, which everyone absolutely gives a shit about and totally watches and is not That's just for money. Like, there is no irony. Yeah. you mean that for absolutely real? Absolutely not. I mean, come on. I mean, when you can go and play against the likes of well-established teams with top players and not at all stupid names like Inter Miami. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I think oh. the the big the big deal breaker will be or the the big deadline will be the 30s of of June because even in amateur leagues or even in semi professional leagues like the Regionalliga or the Oberliga, you have only contracts until the the 30th of mm. of June and you have to somehow I mean you have to somehow end the season before that. But I think I think that that's still possible at least when you when you start playing again by I don't know mid mid May the latest or beginning of May the latest I think yeah. then it's still possible I mean it, it will be it will be a bit crazy of course maybe you have to play I don't know there was something like this last winter when when the likes of of Lübeck uh, had to play in Regionalliga North I think 11 matches in in less than than six weeks or something like this so but this is possible yeah. <laughs> it will be a bit crazy and it won't be a real competition anymore maybe but it it is still possible I think yeah. Do that. yeah, I mean, the, I the think... question is if it even is possible to start playing then. So the head virologist yeah. at Charité, which is like the biggest hospital in Berlin, says he can't imagine football being played before the end of this year. Like, I, I mean, that seems <sighs> insane, but this shit has developed so quickly and changes so quickly. It's hard to hard to know or predict any of these things. I think for me, at, at this point, when we're, when we're talking about the coronavirus and football, I have to be careful about what I say, especially in regards to that opinion, because obviously that's an opinion of someone who's exceptionally knowledgeable on the subject, and I'm a random person who is just speculating and, and, and opinion, but that's mad. I'm sorry, but that is mad. No football until the end of the year. I, I, it's not just because it's football, okay? If it was anything, it's it's... So even by even if there was there was no crowds, yeah. So even if you look, if you look, we're talking like amateur football here. If amateur football with crowds of maximum of like the top top amateur football in Berlin of like a few hundred until the end of the year, if that's the case, 
I don't understand how society in general can function till the end of the year. Because officers, you won't be to go to office. You're talking about people in crowds, right? Well, you know, going to gyms, going to an office. I mean, where my wife works is an office of 1,800 people. So I just don't get it, to be honest. I'll probably have to cut all this part out because I'll be upsetting people. But <laughs> no, no, I see I, I see your point. Um, I think part of it for uh, at least the top leagues, I'm not sure how this would work in the amateur, maybe Andy knows a bit more, is it's liability. I mean, the clubs are liable if you have an outbreak in your in your training room. You know, 19 of your 22 players are infected. I, I don't know what that means for a big club. Um, you know, if you have to turn your squad over or if, you know, you had the NBA case where you had one player on the Utah Jazz get infected and the NBA canceled their entire season. Um, because we have, we're not very strong on labor rights or, or workers' rights over here, but there is a player's well, union. Healthcare. Or healthcare or much of anything, really. Um, <laughs> strong on the so I'm not sure how that would work with the, the DFB or, or if there's a similar structure there with a player's union or, or what the liability would look like. Mm. Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. I mean, at this point, it's, at this point, really, everyone's speculating. Even people who are complete experts are speculating. So to go into that in any real depth is just more hearsay and more people just kind of. Maybe there should be a new amateur football where everyone attaches a pull cue to their front and back, and there's amateur football where you're not allowed to get within six feet of another player. Yeah. That's my kind of amateur football. I can't mark anyone anyway, so you know if I could just like use use that as an excuse to not be able to keep up with the forward, I'm like, I mean, that'd be pretty decent. Yeah. Well, this to be honest, might... a, few, a few teams already play like this sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I saw I saw matches where it was actually played like this the game so i i think that that's possible that will be possible <laughs> did you come to watch me at bobo fuego was that was that what you're referring to <laughs> you, you, you could change the rules of football people are you know the, the game's gone it's becoming almost almost a non-contact sport so diving could be encouraged because you're diving when there's no contact so we don't want contact so diving is no longer yellow card offense yeah. <laughs> what about so it the game, yes. all of the the matches for the the rest of the season, but you still have to have the promotion and relegation playoffs. But you just go directly to a shootout. There's no players within six feet of each other. I think that's a, oh, a legitimate possibility. <laughs> I would agree with that, but only and just to get just to get more football out of it, only if they use the penalties that they did in the USA World Cup. But that, that was <laughs> they were brilliant. <laughs> They were brilliant because he went from the from the halfway line, right? Yeah, the old MLS, right, Dave? Uh, yeah, in the first like five five or so years of MLS, they used to do that, and you had goalies like dribbling. Yeah. From, from oh. yards out, shooting on other. What goalies. I loved about that, what I thought was fantastic, is that you could get penalties within penalties. That was amazing. If you went from the halfway line. And then you got fouled inside the box by the goalkeeper. I'm pretty sure that became then a standard penalty from the penalty spot. Yeah, but that's the thing. We play 3D chess in the U.S. You know, we're not messing around with checkers like you guys play. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Or just do what they, they're they going to do today, I think, is play, have a FIFA tournament. But I'm not... And that would be beneficial again, because then FIFA would have to bring in all the amateur clubs into FIFA. So FIFA 2020 or FIFA 2021 would have like, you know, Tennis Borussia, it would have BSV, Hutukel. It would be amazing. I think there's a big market for that, yeah. It'd be a huge market. I mean, you code, right, I mean, Matt? I'm sure you could put your put your brain together with a few coworkers and get something with EA Sports done. <laughs> Her Turkle's uh, center back has a speed of 14. 
<laughs> was, double figures is a bit generous, mate. <laughs> who, but who took hell are, are, are good now, by the way? I mean, good. They're kind of not bottom of the Christ League. I think they won a few games recently, right? They I mean, they won. Yeah. They were winning like 6 0 and 7 0 and stuff. Huh. And I, again, I maintain it's because they took all the first players to the second team and the second team to the first team. <laughs> because the, the 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 second team were always were always doing pretty well, and I remember this because that's that, that's all they would post about on social media. Our second team, our juniors, said, yeah, guys, what about your first team? I don't know. We we don't just ignore the first team. It's a they're also playing football somewhere. But I think now the second team is bottom of the league. So they, they yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was switched. At the end of the day, um, football is 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 hardly anyone's um massive major concern at the moment. But it, you know. It's still important because it's still football, and if it wasn't important, we'd have literally nothing to talk about. So I mean, it so. also these these smaller clubs, particularly, they fit into a lot of the like you know if you're worried about bars or restaurants or kind of local small businesses that are important sort of beacons of your community closing down and not being able to deal with the results of this, that goes just as strongly for small clubs. Even Bundesliga clubs somehow are worried about going out of business, like. Yeah, they are so terrible at running a business they're worried about going down. Then how is Tebe or, or even smaller clubs that people don't really support supposed to survive this? Yeah, I was quite impressed by what I saw by um, BFC Dynamo. I know you're going to roll your eyes and all that kind of stuff. But they did. Um, they I saw a couple of posts on Facebook and they've, they are um, kind of doing virtual. I mean, it's not like a virtual beers and breakfast, but they're basically saying today would have been our home game. Um, donate what you would have spent on the bratwurst, on the beer and stuff, and just like transfer it via like PayPal. Some money still going to the clubs. It's like it's obviously just a small thing, but just to ensure they have some kind of income. Um, but what I mean, which I found yeah quite a nice idea. But what more can they do at this yeah, point? Yeah. I think especially for these these clubs at the semi-professional level and Regionalliga and Oberliga, this is a very, very hard time. I think when you are a Bundesliga club, because you are too big to fail, you know, they, they won't let you down. Of But course. when you are a Regionalliga club or Oberliga club, I think for them it's the hardest because going down the ladder, it doesn't really matter anymore. Like yeah. for, for club the club, for instance, I play for, it's actually not the worst situation because you still get the money from the members. But you don't, mm. you don't have to spend money anymore. You don't have to spend money anymore for the referee and all the stuff. Yeah. And that's because so. all the all the sport plat um, plates are are closed, so you seem they're not yes. having to pay any, any rent for those or anything. So, yeah. so do we know what's happening to the wages of players playing at that level, Regionalliga? Like, do they have a guaranteed minimum, but what they would normally get in a regular season isn't guaranteed? How how is that working, or is it a club by club basis? Anything been written in the German media? I. I mean, I know what what happened in, in third league. Like in third league, there were a few clubs who who directly after this this like news came broke, they directly went to the to the authorities and asked for it's called like Kurzarbeitergeld, so you get like sixty percent of your salary. So that 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 helps the clubs, of course, to to lower down the the, the costs uh, in that time. And that that happens with third league clubs. So I'm pretty sure that a few Regionalliga, fourth league clubs also. Okay. I think as for Meppen, this is from the north, and also Preußen Münster. These are two cases mm. I I can still remember. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you're quite right in that it might not make a huge impact financially even at that level because. I would be interested what percent. I mean, how much do are, are these clubs actually making on 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 match day? You know, 
again, I would again, it's, it's in Berlin, it's probably a handful, right, that actually make any decent amount of money. Again, it's these probably four or five clubs who think they're going to be the, the Berlin's third biggest club and maybe like 10 more. I mean, well, gate fee- a lot of it has to do with whether they own the ground or not, too, I imagine. Yeah. I, I imagine a lot of the lower, lower league teams in Berlin pay a rent on their ground. But uh, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know at what level they start owning them. But I, I guess now they won't be paying their rent. I mean, the, if, the, if yeah. it's closed, they're all closed by the state. You have yeah. to expect it would yeah. be crap if they were considered that they would start to um, transfer that money across. Yeah. And I suppose, as Andy also just said, because they're subsidizing businesses, it would make sense, make no sense to subsidize and also take money back. You know? <laughs> well, I think across the board, catering profits have been uh, overall down since I left Berlin. So you got to factor that in as well. Exactly. Where, where's the sausage man? We hear <laughs> all the time these days, you know? That's That's, I part. think what, what's kind of crazy about this is when, when you look at the sparse attendances where it's like, you know, a couple of us like freaks who write about this or, or record podcasts about it and then like yourself, a few relatives babe. of the players or whatever and then <laughs> almost no one else. Despite the fact that no one's there, these clubs are still so dependent on the few people who do show up because they also don't have the sponsorship that, you know, bigger clubs have. It's it's pretty um, illuminating. I mean, it's the same thing we're seeing now with a lot of even bigger companies or just the economy generally. How kind of close all of these businesses, and in, in, in this case, all of these clubs are to just mm. like financial ruin where you yeah. don't play for two weeks and suddenly you're like out of business. It's pretty ridiculous that that's even possible that so quickly they're in such big trouble. I agree. Capitalism is mental. <laughs> because, because that's i mean it, it is uh, you're right i mean it's just it's 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 terrifying because if it's just this and whether which way you look at it or not it's it's not like it's a disease that's killing 75 percent of society it's something that we're everything that everything that happens due to quarantine everything that happens due to people staying indoors and businesses closing that's man-made they're decisions that that we have made right people yeah. could People could go about the business. All these businesses could be open and basically 100% of society would get um, corona and a lot more people would die. But it wouldn't really impact business that much. Yeah. But just to kind of ensure that that doesn't happen, it's astonishing how close. I mean, I mean, there are certainly already businesses that have gone bankrupt. Yeah. And there was this awful pasta chain who went out of business called Vapiano. There was, I think that was the first one. I think they went, they out, went of out of business before. Yeah, they went out of business and they, they are blaming Corona. But I, I really no. doubt that because I never saw somebody in these, in these uh, stores. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it was not Corona <laughs> what put them out of business. That's, that's probably more the fact that each one of the restaurants is that like the most prime real estate in Berlin. Like Potsdamer Platz right there, yeah. right, right on Kudam, <laughs> right on uh, Alexanderplatz. I mean, I'm speaking only of Berlin of their entire business, but you see my point here. Um, that's also that's a good point. It's it's also like a get out clause. Why not Corona? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, it's got nothing to do with making shitty food for decades. It's Corona's <laughs> fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, especially especially for like they've already mentioned, there are only a few people turning up all the time at uh, lower league games and. I mean, to be honest, most of these people, as I already mentioned uh, in, uh, in our WhatsApp group, they are in the high-risk group, you know? I mean, if you yeah. go to a standard, standard Kreisliga game or even to a standard Berlin Liga game, 
I mean, the majority of people is older than 60 or older than 70. So uh, that really, I mean, these these amateur clubs really have to fear the the the, the Corona crisis uh, also in terms of that because that's yeah that's actually their target group who is in danger now. Yeah, I mean, it would have been perfect if you know um, Bundesliga was shut down, but amateur football kept going because then it might increase the crowds and then yeah. you know, of course, that potentially would also unfortunately kill the older. Um, fans, but you see my point. I'm not saying it's good to kill them. Um, that would be <laughs> psychotic. <laughs> well, going through the the lower league tables in Berlin as well, something that I hadn't realized until now is some of these clubs in Berlin, football's not their main um, sport or not their main uh, uh, branch. You know, some of them have handball. Some of them have what is the weird the bowling? What's that? What's the word for that again? The the German bowling. Kegeln? Kegeln. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So some of these yeah. have, have other sources of income from paying members who have nothing to do with the football operation. So those clubs, I think, will will, will ultimately do better than... Yeah, but that's that's true as well, though. It's not just football. I mean, there's, there's be, there'll be no handball being played. There's nothing being played. But they're yeah. still paying members. If you have a club like Victoria ah, playing me. with hundreds of members, compared, right, yeah. you know, I mean, 25 members, it's, it's going to be a little yeah. bit easier to weather the storm. That's so annoying. Alex comes back and he immediately makes a point, and I try and nix it, and he's and he's right. <laughs> That's it. No more no more Skype podcasts. Yeah. Um, but actually, this is a really it, it's a, a good point they make, but it also reminds me. It's I always find it really funny if you look at these amateur um amateur clubs, if you follow them like on their pages on Facebook. What I really enjoy is that some of them, like a perfect example, is is Fortuna Panko. They quite often have like scat tournaments, you know, card games, yeah, scam, scat, yeah. And, I'm pretty sure by the photographs, they definitely get a bigger crowd to the SCAT tournaments than they do to the football. Like, guaranteed, it's like 40 or 50 old guys sitting there drinking a shit ton of beer in the Vereinsheim. They must make so much money from that. And then for the actual <laughs> games itself, like, it's like, there's like four dudes and that's it, you know? <laughs> but they can't do this either anymore. I mean, they, they, yeah. can't, they can't like take 40 or 50 guys in their 70s and 80s together yeah. and play a game of SCAT. That's like maybe half of their of their paying members. I mean, that would be high, <laughs> high risk. <laughs> but maybe that would be a way to get around it. Everyone who's who is who is um, in this particularly high risk group, if they just sign some kind of agreement to say, yeah, I know, but I don't give a shit anyway. If they sign this form, then they should be allowed out, and then they can have these tournaments anyway and they earn a bit of money. So if you're over that age group, you sign a form, you give it to the, the local authorities, you're allowed to do what you want. You say, I know I might die, but I want to have my SCAT tournament anyway. And I'm <laughs> run again. Beautiful. See, when, when we have a podcast, it's not that we can't solve. We just solve Corona. You're welcome, world. <laughs> Ideally, Ace, uh, the solution for Corona doesn't involve a bunch of people dying. But, uh, you know. But they agreed to it. That's my solution. <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell! Yeah, just so you know guys you can't see this but alex is drinking from his union cup he's so on brand uh, right now i want everyone at home to know that it's also a cup that features the players tony leisner um fabian schoenheim and mark torian just so everyone knows i'm not a glory that i was there watching mark torian struggle around the back line <laughs> before the glory days. <laughs> i totally know who all those people are I, I, I think I, I, you'd I stand a decent chance in a race against the player I just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wouldn't be a total blowout. 
Oh, yeah, but he brought a Spanish flair to the back line that Union hadn't seen for years beforehand. So, uh, this is um, Hertha player. I forget his name, but he's like this Hertha legend, and he just retired like last week or something, age forty-five. He was playing. Uh, Andy, you you must know this guy. He was from South America, and he played. I think he played for Union. Oh man, I can I have to quickly Google this. We mentioned in a podcast once before. And he, 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 I think he scored a decent number of goals for for Hertha. Ronnie, I think. Ronnie, did you retire? Yeah, he was forty odd or something. Marcelinho retired just recently. I think he was forty two, but he, uh, maybe maybe it was he, him. He, he had to keep on playing because of financial problems because he he only earned like four or five millions a year at Hertha. So. It's very upsetting. Did, I feel my, my did, didn't last long, of course. <laughs> I mean, he was paying Berlin rent in the early 2000s or whatever, so you yeah. know, clearly he's going to be broke with just four million a year. <laughs> sure. Wait, You're speaking right. speaking of Ronnie, how is he only 33? Really? Yeah. Wow. I definitely would have oh. guessed. He already looked 33 when he was playing like seven years ago or I'm whatever. Saying, I would I would guess he was at least 40. He's still playing in Brazil. I think he's floating around in Brazil or something. Oh. 33, born 1986. Oh, yes, yes. His last club was Fortaleza, but then it was like career end. Yeah, so he ended his career in 2017 already. Mm. So the person I was talking about was, was Marcelinho. And he, Marcelinho, yeah. Yeah. I just mentioned this. favorite uh, aspect of the podcast, when we Wikipedia stuff. Hey, when we can actually talk about players that actually have a Wikipedia page, that's a big deal for us, man. Okay? That's true. It's a rarity. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to make my own Wikipedia page for, for Christoph Zorn, just so I, have, I can I can Wikipedia <laughs> for that, you know. Who was this game player you were talking about the other day, Andy? The, the, the guy, or maybe the only amateur football player, because they were actually tested positive for corona. Uh, there are actually at least two now. One is uh, Philip Schulz from BFC Dynamo, unfortunately. So, BFC Dynamo might be a bit lucky because then health insurance is paying his salary anyway. But um, <laughs> uh, the other one, the other one is Rommel Abuchaka, uh, the infamous uh, son of the Abuchaka uh, clan in Berlin, like a clan of uh, businessmen doing several kinds Should of we businesses. Were there were there air quotes around that businessman? Uh, we can't see you on the video. <laughs> Should we say yeah, allegedly? That, <laughs> allegedly, yeah, yes. Allegedly. So, Rommel Abushaka, he's, I think he's also 42 or 43, but he's still playing for uh, Preussen in the Landesliga, yeah. BFC Preussen. Um, so, he he got tested positive, I think, already like 10 or 12 days ago. So, but yeah. I, I think he will be fine. He's a very sporty guy, and he's, in, he's still in good shape. Was over 40 years, and I think he will be fine. Bloody hell! Bloody hell, mate. Just sorry, just going back to the the fixtures and what's being missed and stuff. I am disappointed that potentially we're not going to see um, tennis Borussia play against Greifswald or whoever are second, by the way, because that would have been a cool game. I was looking forward to yeah. that. Yeah, it was going to be such a title decider, probably. But I looked I looked up the last games who were played. The last ever games to be played in Berlin, uh, and it was either at, <laughs> at the 11th of, of um, March, which was a Wednesday. Uh, yeah. Karame second team played against Chemie Adlershof second team. 
and it okay. was a six zero. It was the same day uh, of the game of Borussia Dortmund against uh, Paris Saint Germain, which was in an empty stadium. But there's nothing here on the page that this game, Karamit second team against Shimi Adlershof second team, was and played in front of empty seats. So I think okay. it was crowded that day. I'm pretty sure. So, and the last, the last game played uh, at, at, at women's uh, football in Berlin was Victoria Mitte against uh, Sparta Lichtenberg. It was also a 6-0, <laughs> and. Sarah Dean scored uh, uh, scored a hat trick. Uh, three she goals in just four minutes. Six she's minutes. She's such a legend. <laughs> she is you such a legend. In six minutes. Yes, in six minutes. Jesus Christ. That is mad. That's that's got to be some kind of record. I'm sorry, yeah. but that that's 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 crazy. Uh, yeah. Sarah, so these were the, Sarah, the last games ever played in Berlin. Sarah Dean and Chris and Christoph Zorn. They should have statues built of them. There's a couple of clubs who are kind of really want to see how the season played out because last season they had really bad seasons. And this season they're doing well. For example, um, going back around to my local club, Fortuna Panko. Last season they were awful and they fired their coach um, and they, they stayed up, I think, on the last game of the season by winning, I think, every single game that Aston survived the coach in this season, the fourth, three points off a promotion place. I was really hoping to see how that turned out because that would have been really cool. And I think also um, Blau-Weiss Felixhain didn't have a great season last season either. They kind of pulled kind of okay towards the end. But I think this season they're also top of the league. I'm just obviously got foosball.de open on my phone and I'm trying to go through it as quickly as I can. I think it's a Kreisliga at Zwei. And it is. Oh my God, I knew that. That's so sad. Um, Blauweiss Felixstein are top of the Kreisliga Ash Staffel 2 with 39 points. And last season, is, is, but they didn't have a great season. And also, Trevor Mariendorf, who are, who are third in that league, with three points less than Blauweiss, they were on the route to becoming the first ever team to make it from Kreisliga to Bezirksliga in consecutive seasons after That's coming because they came from the Freizeit Liga as well and I know obviously Paula Penguin went up quickly but they had one season where they didn't get promoted and also Afrisco did it um, but they had not also consecutive seasons and I think also on the way to doing the same thing Polonia oh yeah yeah. But Polonia aren't having a good season though, so they they, no, they definitely they're just mid mid table, yeah. So they they won't yeah. be promoted. That's yeah. really true, yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of you know when you invest time in it, and of course all the players invest time, and it's a big commitment. It's kind of a shame just to see it all kind of like washed away and kind of say okay, then we'll just skip it and we'll do it again next year and see what happens, you know. So yeah, I mean it's a. Uh... From a sporting side, not from just the business side of things, yeah. it is really depressing. And even if, you know, in a couple months or weeks or however long it takes, I mean, the idea of like still having momentum or it even feeling like the same season is going to be very bizarre if that even happens. Yeah. I mean, one club that's going a little bit out of our purview a little bit that I particularly feel bad for is uh, Saarbrücken. Who knows when they're ever going to make a run like yeah. that. Now we have the the Pokal canceled, so that that's a club that I particularly feel for in in this whole situation. <laughs> oh, wait, right, because they got to the um, is it the semis or the quarters or something of uh, the semifinals? Yeah, that's mad. 
That's that's a good point, man. That's true. They should just and give them the cup. They are also first in the league, I think. So it's, it's they had big chance actually to return to professional football, and also with quite a lot of money from the from the yeah. uh, FA Cup. So that's that's very very sad actually. Yeah, that, that yeah, could be their, their big chance. Yeah, yeah, the top by by six points, man. Oh yeah. In one way, just to turn around and say, you know what, everything that happened, we'll pretend like it didn't happen. Well, the season didn't exist. In in a strange way, it could be the fairest way to do it. But oh, it sucks so hard. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I mean, they've also floated ideas around of like not even awarding a winner or not like sending anyone down and then having like an expanded Bundesliga next season, for instance, mm. and stuff where some teams go up and but none go down. And like from mm. my own very uh, selfish perspective, like Union having such a strong first season in, in the Bundesliga. If they have to like yeah. start again, or if there are more teams playing and like five of them go down or something, mm. that really could uh, fuck them over. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think what's been discussed by a few different people as well is also like these concept of, of, of mini leagues, you know, um, which could be possible. For example, you know, okay, forget mid table, but everyone who's there or thereabouts, top and bottom, play the play like a, a mini league behind closed doors oh, and then okay. and then and then do it that way i know it was it was mentioned of uh, it was mentioned actually even of the champions league or something stupid which i found really funny because the headline was they're going to have a tournament to decide the champions league and i was like well the champions league is a tournament so that's <laughs> a bit strange uh, so we've, we've gone from penalties within penalties to tournaments within tournaments this is a very strange time for football dave question for you on that uh point you raised is that something being thrown around seriously by people in the dfb or was that something you read uh, like an opinion piece because i'm, I'm looking now at the second bundesliga table and you have how stuttgart and uh, has second and third respectively so i'm wondering if you would have that same argument if say it was you know Heidenheim and Sandhausen in second and third rather than two traditional Bundesliga <laughs> clubs. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, this was an early meeting from the uh, DFL before they even decided, actually. At that point, they were still playing uh, the so-called ghost matches in mm-hmm. front of empty stadiums before they even decided to say, okay, let's take a, a breather and give it um, a couple of weeks before we, we play it all again. But that's things have moved kind of so quickly and so drastically from that moment that I have no idea at this point what they're even even thinking about. I think everyone is kind of in a wait and see holding pattern. So who knows? Yeah, I think with with uh, European Championships being po- postponed, a lot of people still also in the DFL still have hope that they yeah. can somehow play the the league to the end. Might be uh, in front of empty seats, but uh, I, I yeah. think a lot of people still hope to do this. That seemed like um, a really shockingly reasonable thing for them to do by the way with the euro um 2020 to yeah. just turn around and say well it was it seemed a very straightforward decision um and it seemed to re- really well it definitely does take the pressure off the of the national leagues to to some extent so i was surprised when they came out and did it but i suppose that this isn't this year the first format of this ridiculous we're going to have the european championships in literally every single european country or something stupid like that yeah, yeah, it's yeah. called it the disease spreading euros. So That's, that was already. It's a called like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really, really good timing for that. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I mean, Corona aside, that's just a 
a shocking thing to do even if i would suggest even on the concept of you know trying to cut down on on flights for this for, for, for environmental reasons it's like what can we do to make it even more environmentally devastating oh that's right make everyone fly on aeroplanes constantly <laughs> yeah it's mad. That's, the one one disappointing thing about it getting delayed was i think because the format is really stupid, you know, it's the anniversary of the Euros and it's about celebrating kind of a united Europe and stuff like that. But logistically, it makes zero sense. So I was hoping that, you know, when they were pushing it back, they'd also take another look at that and see if it's necessary or it makes any sense to do that. But it seems as of now, they're going to hardheadedly not admit a mistake as UEFA and FIFA are quite mm-hmm. good at when it comes to big tournaments and just kind of plow through with it. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, also, it's going to have impact on, on other huge tournaments. If you look at stuff like the uh, the exit pokal, how it's going to impact the exit pokal. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't <laughs> I did. That, that could be because, I mean, the exit pokal is usually in summer times for, for the listeners. Exactly. And it's like two games I mean, per, per evening. So, I suppose if you well, look at the, the, the Pokal at least is, is always on one sport platz. But if you look at the Nord Pokal, it's on several different um, oh, yeah. sport platz within North Berlin. So that's also financially de- and, and environmentally devastating. So that that, <laughs> well, that has to change as well. One thing that they legitimately can't move forward with either is next season's um, German Cup because you don't have the Landespokals that have been played out. You have most down to four teams. It's true. So for the you cannot you can't do a first round draw of of the day of Beppo call for next season whenever that is if we don't play out this season. So that's gonna be interesting to see what what they do about that. That's true because actually like I also really enjoy the these final target um the amateur. Yeah. That's a really cool day. I really enjoy that and it's a nice thing for amateur football. And I'm fairly certain that's not gonna happen. Organization. Very unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a shame. Um, I mean, the might as well just give it to BFC Dynamo anyway. Um, a, shame, a shame for you, Andy, because I saw uh, Katbus is already eliminated, so Babelsberg looked the uh, odds-on favorite for Brandenburg. Yeah, and Babelsberg is only playing a team from the sixth division in the semifinals, so they are very, very likely in the final. But this would be sure, a final, maybe, which will never happen. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Have Have you seen them play this season? I'm not sure any any matches are guaranteed <laughs> for for Babelsberg this season. <laughs> but they were gonna they were gonna pull a wig in. They were gonna win the cup and go down. Bloody hell! Bloody hell, mate. Uh, ben, are you familiar <laughs> with the American soccer club Las Vegas Lights? I've heard of them somehow. I think I heard them on a TV show or something. <laughs> I invite you to do a quick Google search. <laughs> Las Vegas Lights. Yeah, when Aldo's their coach, yeah. Wow. I had been in, well, I've been out of Las Vegas for a little while now, but I was living there for about two months working for a, a current U.S. presidential candidate. Um, and I wanted to use one of my rare off days to go see if there was any local amateur or professional soccer around. And this is what I stumbled upon. Unfortunately, right. the season hadn't begun yet, but um, I definitely would have would have bought a kit. That's pretty loud. And I think I would have made some noise on the the pickup uh, fields of Washington, D.C. with that kit. <laughs> oh, that's an amazing home kit. It looks like a, like a laser show. Like, uh, like yeah. <laughs> wow. Didn't Freddie Adu um, play for them last season? Ooh, that I don't know. <laughs> Freddie Adu is definitely on their books. They are like the most over-the-top lower division team in the u.s i think have you, uh, you also have to google their mascot it's elvis <laughs> oh my god that is a very 
ridiculous. But it's a very ang- angry Elvis. It looks it's a bit it's weird. It's it looks a bit angry. Yeah, he looks angry and constipated, which for me uh. kind of is on brand for Elvis, you know? <laughs> on brand for me. I feel like that's the facial expression I'm generally making and how I'm feeling. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is, that's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I now, I'm, a, I'm now a fan of Las Vegas Lights. <laughs> Bloody hell! Bloody hell, mate.